passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting the A team that makes sense that these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewind around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Wade take the mic. And welcome, everybody. Happy Monday. Happy brand new week here over in the post-wrestling universe. My name is Wei Tang. I am leading the show off uh, this week because uh, we have John Pollock enjoying a much-deserved family trip over to Niagara Falls. So we hope he's having a great time. And in his place, it is the GOAT. You can call him the double underscore. You can call him the youngest in charge. You can even call him Scoops. Andrew Thompson, welcome to the show. My man, waiting. So it's always a pleasure talking to you, my guy. I always love being on camera with you. Love talking to you. What's going on, man? How you feeling? How you feeling I, this uh this Monday, way? I feel fantastic. It, it's lovely. It's lovely to get to. I don't know, like when the last time it was that you and I might have done like a wrestling review together or even any sort of podcast together. But... I, I, I I think it was when uh, you and John were still doing the daily news updates. Mm. I think I think that was the last. What, what was that like? Summer twenty twenty two. I think that that that's forever ago at this point. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember anything before my my kid was born. So I, that that was like a whole lifetime ago. But um, I especially appreciate this opportunity because I know Andrew, you've done a lot of podcasting over the past um, twenty four hours. I I am um I am at this point um, a third of the way through of the latest edition of the NWA podcast, clocking in at you know a, a very breezy three and a half hours. But I guarantee you, as I always do, I will finish this thing. At some point, because your 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 guys's conversation is just that compelling, man. Nate and Chris, they are, uh, and and Ray too. Ray who joined us on the podcast, very 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 enjoyable um, conversation. I, I, I would highly recommend. Like, there, there's a lot of um, serious discussions we had. I definitely want to touch on that. The uh, we talked about the MJF Juice Robinson promo. We talked about that whole ordeal and how that turned out. And Chris has some great insight to it. And uh, we also had a debate about which night of WrestleMania means the most. And me and Chris got into a little thing that I had Ray chime in. And it, it was like, it was like the, uh, the old guard versus the new guard. It was like me and Ray going against me and Chris. It was, it was a great time. And I hope people uh, take the time to listen to it and enjoy the show. So it's right now out on the free feed and also out on our YouTube with Chris, Nate, Andrew, and Ray. Uh, you know, it's, it's sort of like, um like Netflix dropping like a whole season at once. You, you know, you can, you can work your way through it or you could binge it all in one go. The NWA yeah. podcast, always enjoyable. Also want to give a shout out to on the site over the past weekend, we had collision course drop with Kate and Sino talking about the latest edition of AEW collision. We have a new Japan Royal Quest 3 review with Bruce and Karen talking about Zack Sabre Jr. and Will Ospreay, one of the notable matches coming out of the weekend. Also, the return of Season 2 
of Loki with MCU later talking about episode two with rich fan WH Park and scrum from PWT cast joining us as well. And then also a free edition of rewind to Smackdown with me and John and a lot of great calls from Friday as well that you can find actually on the free feed right now. But uh, Andrew, thank you so much, not just for uh, your contributions to the NWA podcast, but for a lot of the great writing you do over at postwrestling.com. Would you care to maybe go through some of, the week's top stories or the weekend's top stories, I should say. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of, uh, a lot of good things that happened, or a lot of crazy things that happened. I know uh, some of the things, some of the topics you had sent me over. Uh, I know one of them was listed about the, uh, the SmackDown and AEW Rampage ratings that came out. Uh, you you want to uh, introduce that? I don't have the, uh, right now let's do it let's start things off talking about the weekend's ratings or i should say friday's ratings starting with smackdown ratings this past friday smackdown led by the return of roman reigns drew an average of 2,417,000 which is up from 2,319,000 of the previous week uh it saw a slight dip in the 18 to 49 demo with a 0.62 down from a 0.64 the week prior courtesy of WrestleNomics, of course AEW rampage also enjoyed a boost courtesy of an NBA preseason preseason exhibition game leading in on TNT, drawing an average viewership of 407,000, up from 365,000 the last week. It was the show's highest viewership since August the 18th. Rampage also enjoyed an increase in the 18 to 49 demo, up 16.7% to 0.14 from 0.12. Again, this data courtesy of WrestleNomics. Uh, did you watch either show, Andrew, and uh, did you have any thoughts at all on maybe some of these results? Yeah, um, I definitely caught SmackDown, the, the season premiere of the show. I, I thought that was like a really, really solid presentation. Like overall, uh, SmackDown was very, very good. And you, you just, just real quick, you talked about the news. That definitely want to give a shout out to that man, uh, Neil Flanagan. Who, uh, who actually is helping me out tonight uh, so I could come do around uh, Raw and Neil took over the news on the site. Mm-hmm. Definitely a uh, big shout out to Neil. We did a great transcription today on that Ray Mysterio area Hawaii interview too. So go shout out to that man, Neil. Yeah, we'll talk about um, that. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And um, yeah, I, I checked out SmackDown. I thought it was a real solid show, uh, solid presentation overall. And, and of course, the, the big news coming out of it, you had the Jay Cargill and Charlotte Flair stare down. And of course, Roman Reigns and Cody Roses, um, you know, stare down as well. And I, I think that actually played into um you, you know I, I have an opinion about how that played into tonight's main event as well so um yeah that, that definitely a lot of people awesome. staring each other down as yeah just, a lot of stuff sit downs yeah yes yes uh well let's talk a little bit about kofi kingston and what's going on with him because um not much to talk about kofi on this edition of raw but the, there was a lot going on with kofi otherwise throughout this weekend as over the past weekend kofi kingston the kofi kingston Library and Digital Center officially opened this Friday in the Quadasso municipality in the Shanti region of Ghana. The center is a product of a nonprofit named CLIC, which stands for Computer Lab and Integrated Center of Knowledge. You know, what a great acronym. You know, that's up there with like SHIELD, you know, (laughs) which is co-founded by Kofi and his mother with an aim to establish quality computer labs and integrated centers of learning for junior high schools in Ghana. About the effort, Kingston said in January, there are some kids who have never seen a computer, who have never been to a library up until the age of high school. I think when you get into a position of celebrity, we have a social responsibility to positively impact the world. And I can't think of a better way to do that than giving kids the opportunity to succeed. A video of the opening can be found on kofi kingston's social media channels at true kofi and one also aired tonight on raw yeah that, that, that that's some, some real great kofi's just the man and I, I'm, I'm really glad that they aired that on monday night raw to just further publicize what he did like that's a great thing that he's doing man and it, of course him and his mom 
Kofi's just the best, man. I don't know what else you can say about Kofi. Kofi's the best, man. I'm, I'm always happy to see him get his uh, his recognition. Of course, always he's helping back, helping others as well. Shout out no. to Kofi. I mean, not only a, a tenured veteran, but but you know somebody who um, has consistently delivered quality in all of his performances. So yes, um, and it makes. Have, 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 have you seen like the recent streak of matches he's had lately? Like Kofi, I've watched some. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah Kofi, he been, been putting on some real great performances lately, man. Especially the one he had with Alvar. I thought that was really great. So yeah, man. Shout, shout out to Kofi, man. On, on, in, in and out of the ring, overall great guy. Look at him. I mean, it's stories like these, and, and it's just, I think, the general sort of uh, reputation he seems to have um, among the locker room. And again, the consistent level of quality that makes something like a Kofi Mania possible any single year that they, the audiences get a sense that they could possibly be serious about pushing Kofi Kingston. So at some point, we might get Kofi Mania too. Um, I, I, I just so. know the audience will be ready for it whenever, if they ever decide to, to execute. I- I, I definitely do hope uh, at one point we do get a Kofi Seth Rollins world title match. At, at some point, I hope that that happens down the line because I think they could tell a real good story with Kofi. And of course, you know, with, with how his last title reign ended. We're not even going to get into that because that's a whole thing that's, mm-hmm. that still bothers me to this day, waiting. But, uh, but, but yeah. It's, I, you, it's a great point, uh, you know, um, Andrew, because I mean, Roman currently with the championship, I really feel like that position is only reserved right now for two people. And, and that's yeah. either. Cody Rhodes or Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And if you're an, either of those two, you're not either of those two, then your title sort of aspirations are pretty much like, you know, nothing. But the yeah. Seth Rollins championship really does present opportunities for other people to, you know, have like a semblance of a main event, as we will talk about maybe later with Sami Zayn. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about somebody that you've interviewed on many occasions, Andrew Thompson, Chris Hero. Hey who over the weekend has announced his return match for West Coast Pro. Chris Hero is set to make his return against Timothy Thatcher. At the conclusion of West Coast Pro's five-year anniversary show on Saturday, Hero, who is the promotions matchmaker, came out to stop Thatcher from a post-match attack on JT Thorne. Thatcher would later attack Hero from behind, leading Hero to challenge him to a match for West Coast Pro's Whiplash event on November the 17th. Hero has not wrestled in a sanctioned match since March 2020 when he was a part of NXT UK. Uh, any mm-hmm. thoughts about this? Man, so I, so I had saw this, uh, I first saw it on Twitter because I was up coming, like getting some news on the site and I had saw the clip on Twitter. Some, I, had, I had saw a tweet, somebody was like, Chris Hero coming back on the, on the, on the, on the November 17th. I was like, get out of here, man. He ain't so I pulled up the West Coast Pro Chain, they streamed it live on the YouTube channel and I, you know, you could just rewind it back and I went and watched the whole thing and how it played out. And I, I'm excited for him, man. I saw he, I think he officially put the graphic up uh, today him and Thatcher. So I think that's going to be a real great match. I'm excited to see uh, what Chris Hero does. The first match in three years, almost four years. Crazy, man. So I'm excited to see what he does. I know a lot of people are like, either just seeing the reaction from people like that late at night to him coming back to the ring. You, you can tell there's a lot of intrigue, man. And uh, yeah, I think, I think he picked a great opponent for his first match back, uh, Timothy Thatcher. Oh, certainly. And, and it's uh, West Coast Pro sh- streams on YouTube. So, so yeah. So I think, I think that specific show aired, for free on their YouTube channel. I, I know I know they have some, uh, some of their shows get uploaded to IWTV, like I think afterwards, but I, I, I haven't, like I, I think the last time I watched the West Coast Pro stream live, it, it did air on IWTV live, but I think I think they just switch it up every once in a while. But yeah, that, that specific show aired on YouTube. 
Okay. Well, it certainly will uh, get a lot of publicity for that promotion um, with, with Chris Hero making it. Yeah. So we'll, we'll hear about that, I'm sure, in the weeks to come. Uh, up next, let's go to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Let's, uh, let's talk about John Moxley's return to Japan. At the conclusion of New, New Japan Pro Wrestling's Royal Quest 3 event in London, which, of course, uh, was reviewed by Bruce and Karen out in the cafe, Shota Umino came out to challenge UK champion Will Ospreay to a match. And Ospreay said, all right but only if you can get your friend John Moxley to have a match against the great Okan. So both of those matches have been made official for power struggle in Osaka on November the 4th. Will Ospreay versus Shota Umino for the UK championship. John Moxley versus the great Okan. Also on the show, Hiromu Takahashi defends the junior heavyweight title against Taiji Ishimori. Uh, the never six-man champions, Kazuchika Okada, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Tomohiro Ishii defend against TMDK. Sanada and Yuya Uemura, a bit of a preview of uh, Russell King main event as those two take mm-hmm. on Tetsuya, Naito, and Yoda Suji, as well as the finals of the Super Junior Tag League. Yeah. Any thoughts on any of those matches? Yeah, I about to say the Super Junior Tag League, I think it starts next week, I believe, coming up, the 21st. The Super Junior Tag League starts on the 21st, so like I that Power Struggle card looking kind of, it was looking kind of nice way. I'm excited for the upcoming Power Struggle card, and of course, John Moxley making his return to Japan. That's always going to draw a bunch of interest. Um, I, 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 I am kind of curious about like the just the amount of uh, the entry that people have for Naito versus Sonata, like it, I'm 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 I'm, I'm always curious about how like um the the, the Japanese audience uh they, their intrigue versus how that that intrigue is here in the states. It's always in a row, just you know overseas in general. I'm always interested to see like the contrast between those two things because I see a lot of people like just tweets and stuff. They're like, it, it, there's intrigue there, but I, it doesn't seem like like the hype for Wrestle Kingdom main event. But I mean, we still have, what, three three months to go, two months to go. So, I mean, you know, they got enough time to tell us. I mean, the, the story is already existing between those two, but I'm, I'm just saying as far as like the intrigue, that so it doesn't seem like it's like that much hype for that particular uh, IWGB world title main event. Yeah, I mean, I could speak as somebody who um, at this point is very much a casual New Japan Pro Wrestling fan. Like I'll tune in for matches like Osprey versus Zach um, yeah. and, and matches that get buzz, But... I have not heard much buzz about Sonata in, in, in during throughout this title run. So it's not exactly like all the buzz I've heard has been about um his faction changing names. That's been the most I've heard about Sonata during this this time. And um I I I mean watching him through the G1, I haven't really been that impressed either. So um they're gonna have to do a lot of storytelling and maybe to, to you know uh, hook a fan like me back in. But Wrestle Kingdom always, you know, um, yeah. it's 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 not really just hinged on really one main event anymore. Right, like right, in right. years past, they've had one main event maybe for a Japanese audience and then another for the uh, you know international audience. And they certainly have a lot of other players to choose from. You can expect maybe a Moxley might make a return. Brian Danielson and and Okada at, or Danielson versus Zach at this point might also be a possibility as well. This why this why I like Australia doing podcasts. Omega, of course. This, this why I like doing podcasts with you, because you say things and you bring things to my mind and you make me think of it. So look, I, I, this is this is like pure speculation by me, right? But uh, Brandon Cutler and Kalkabana, well, it's not really Kalkabana, but Brandon Cutler is going to be at the Glee show in Japan on December thirtieth. And a part of a part of me thinks that Brandon Cutler being in Japan makes me think that the Young Bucks are going to be in Japan. I, I don't. I just have this mm-hmm. feeling. I think they. I think the Young Bucks might make their return. To New Japan for a Wrestle Kingdom, and, and mm-hmm. that, that, that's just look. That, that's just pure speculation by me. But th- I know that th- that those three, they're always you know together. And f- f- seeing as how Brandon's going to be in Japan, I'm assuming he's going to be filming some for Being the Elite, possibly. So I would assume that the Young Bucks are going to be in Japan as well and making their return for Wrestle Kingdom. 
if 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 uh, fat ass Masa shows up <laughs> on BTE, maybe there's smoke to that fire. Very interesting. Uh, well, you heard you heard the prediction from uh, Andrew Thompson. We will uh, see if that comes true. Uh, lastly, I feel like. I have some obligation to report this because this person does have ties to professional wrestling and this does lead directly into SmackDown on Friday. But Logan Paul versus Dylan Dennis took place this past weekend. <laughs> Did you catch the fight? I, I saw a lot of clips and I saw the one when, they, uh, when it all broke down yeah. and like everybody was in the ring. That's all I saw. I didn't see the fight. I mean, people said it was trash though. Yeah, DAZN uploaded like a 10-minute uh, recap of the fight highlights, and I use that term very loosely because th- <laughs> this was not much of a, of a fight. It was really Logan Paul dominating for six rounds while, you know, Dylan Dennis did this, like, per, for most of it. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe some of, like, you know, the, the, the um, I guess, um, social media buzzworthy moments were when Dylan Dennis at one point dropped to uh, open his guard yeah. for uh, for Logan to come into. He also shot for a double leg takedown. And then the end of the fight after the six rounds, towards the end of the six rounds, I should say, um, Dylan Dennis went for a guillotine choke, leading to <laughs> Logan Paul punch him uh, to punch him on the ground and then leading to a big melee involving every security guard and quarterman from the ringside area stepping in this resulted in a DQ loss for Dylan Dennis. Um, and afterwards Logan Paul got on the microphone and called out Ray Mysterio and his U S championship. And Ray Mysterio was on the MMA hour today where he confirmed that Logan Paul will be on SmackDown this Friday for a confrontation. So, um, do you have, did you have any thoughts? Uh, maybe I'm, I'm assuming you you know you are you're a younger person. I'm sure you you caught wind of the build towards this whole thing. How did you feel about uh, I don't know any of this <laughs> bullshit? I mean, it, it didn't really like gauge my interest that much. I mean, I, it's I, I don't really like I I know that there was like some real life stuff tied into it involving like Logan Paul's wife or something like that. Involved, like they some leak some video or something like that. Beyonce. Yes, fiance, and and he, I think it was some legal matters involved with that because he leaked. You know, say it was like a whole thing about that. But uh, I mean, you know, it's, a, it's a, the, the social media influence of uh, boxing stuff. It's a it's the new wave, man, and, and it's in now. But as far as Logan Paul and Rey Mysterio, wait, I, I would not be surprised if he beats Rey for the title at a uh, Crown Jewel. If that that's what a match taking place, I genuinely would not be surprised. Does Rey take from the Dylan Dennis playbook of building up a fight? I I wonder. I, I wonder what Ray's going to do too. I, I, I yeah. think Ray's, Ray's a little too too white meat baby face to go that route. But how's Ray's social media game? Does he have like the pictures? Does he have you know the the, know. the, the last like anything um, remote, remotely towards that way that Ray posted was back in 2013 when he uh, remember he was promoting that WWE video game and he was like, I can't wait to whoop my son ass. <laughs> have you yeah. ever seen that tweet? Yeah. Uh, that, that, yes, yes, I have. That, yeah, yeah, I mean, okay, so, you know, maybe all jokes aside, I mean, I, I'd love to know what um sort of like the 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 metrics are for for a buy for buy rate for this sort of pay per view because I did see it get a lot of buzz in the build up to it. Um, yeah. Whether or not that equated to people actually purchasing the pay per view, I'm very curious to see because if it did, you know, you might get a lot more of this. You know, like who cares about the end result of the fight? you know let's just pick the 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 person on social media that seems to get the most traction you Mm -hmm. know for these sort of fights so uh that that's what the latest in the world of logan paul until this friday of course andrew thompson uh you watch a lot of pro wrestling (laughs) (laughs) you watch so much of it um and i have no idea how you do it 
without the use of a VPN. And I'm here to talk about NordVPN, of course, really the greatest invention and really the greatest support when it comes to consuming a whole lot of professional wrestling and doing it in a very safe way, okay? NordVPN, a quick thanks to our sponsors of the show, NordVPN. If you're like me and you work from home, you might occasionally change up the scenery by working at a coffee shop or a library. Do do you ever leave the the house to to do your your, your writing or, or research, Andrew? For this specific conversation, I'll just say I have. Yes. <laughs> True team player. Thank you very much. Because, Andrew, uh, sometimes you might be at a coffee shop. You might be at a library. If you find yourself traveling, I'm sure you have used Wi-Fi at a hotel or even at the airport to conduct that very serious post-wrestling business. But whenever <laughs> you are connected to public Wi-Fi, you're leaving your phone or computer susceptible to cyber attacks from hackers, making your browsing history, account logins, payment information, and even text messages vulnerable. A trusted VPN is a must whenever you're accessing public Wi-Fi, encrypting your traffic and hiding your IP address, making sure your data doesn't belong to anybody but yourself. NordVPN is one of the most established and reputable VPN providers in the field. Voted Best VPN for Privacy in 2023 by Security.org with an editor's rating of 9.7 out of 10. Stating in its review, NordVPN's encryption is beyond reproach. It offers military-grade encryption, a.k.a. 256-bit AES, the, the highest encryption standard there is. If I don't really know how to say it, then I then it must be really good. All of this, <laughs> plus premium security features like threat protection and double VPN, and the ability to access geoblock services like AEW+. A standard two-year plan with Nord costs $3.08 a month when you sign up at nordvpn.com slash postwrestling. You get four bonus months on top of all two-year plans when you sign up using our code. So try it. Get your money back within 30 days if you're not satisfied. Again, $3.08 a month when you sign up at nordvpn.com slash postwrestling. Check the link in the description. Sign up with code postwrestling. Get yourself some bonus months and let Nord know that you found them through post. Look at that. Pre- Thank you for playing along. Looks like an amazing product. He said it. He said it. I'm prompted. It really is. It really is. Trust me. Trust me. Okay, everybody. Uh, all right, just a few more uh, notes here. Uh, we have coming out later this week over at the Post Wrestling Cafe. It is a rewind away with me and John Pollock talking about Andrew. What is the best pay per view of all time? Okay, the best pay per view of all time ever. The one you guys are reviewing this week. <laughs> Again, thank you for being a team player because Andrew Thompson, John, and I are, are reviewing WrestleMania Seventeen. All right. What, uh, that, that's that's actually not a bad. Yeah, I just guessed, but like that's that's not that bad. Yeah. I, I, were you I alive? Like, were you alive yeah. during this? Yeah. That what was that two thousand one. Yeah. 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 Okay. But, but, I, I have I, to I, make I, sure I, sometimes. I, I was. <laughs> How old were you? Two thousand one. I, I was born in ninety six. So I was what was I like five. You're five. Okay. Yeah. Two thousand one. Yeah. But I, I, my, the the best pay per view of all time to me because it, it just resonates with my child is the. Uh, the first, the first uh, episode of Bush Me and Thompson, uh, re- uh, wrestling adventure, WrestleMania nineteen. That's my, that's my all time favorite. Right that's there. your favorite. There all right. Yeah. 
Well, well, we're one two years before that, and we're here to talk about WrestleMania 17, Hogan versus, or sorry, sorry, Austin versus Rock, uh, TLC 2, we've got Undertaker versus Triple H, the gimmick battle royal, uh, to this day, what many people consider to be at least the best WWE pay-per-view of all time, if not the best pay-per-view of all time, so get your feedback in at forum.postwrestling.com. Friday, John and I are back for Rewind a Smackdown, and then Saturday, I'll be co-hosting a free edition of Collision Course with Kate, because John Pollock and John Cena will be teaming up for a review of Impact Bound for Glory ex- mm. exclusively for all Cafe members. Sunday, Eric and Phil are back with the UFC 294 review. And then MCU later this weekend is a Cafe exclusive with WH Park and Armand Neal stepping in for Rich Fan. Shout out to Neal. Shout out to Neal. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about tonight's edition of WWE Raw. I'm curious, Andrew, you know, you you uh, do a lot of coverage for all the wrestling on our site. Do you watch these shows live every day or are you saving them maybe for later on? Like what's your viewing process, especially for like a three hour show like Raw? Yeah, I, I catch Raw live every Monday, mostly because I'm covering it on the on the website. Um, so, yeah, I, I watch Raw pretty much every and, and uh, yeah, mostly every like big show that happens during the week. I'm pretty much watching it live. And then if I don't, I just catch it like later. Like for uh, when they did the head to head last week for NXT and AEW, I uh, I watched NXT first, and then I just call AEW like the next day. But you don't even give yourself like buffer room. Uh, to, so, sometimes it, it it just depends. Like maybe if I'm out or something like that, you know, I just catch it when I get home, or like it gets uploaded to the uh, at the Xfinity service, so it just pops up. They they upload it like right after, so I just catch it after that. So my process is I always like leave myself buffer room. So I'll start at like half an hour, uh, a bit later. And then just mm. so that I can zip through the commercials, zip through like the, mm. the, the sort of entrances uh, because the main event, Andrew judgment day walked out and it was 15 minutes between their walkout and the start of this match. So Dang. there's a lot of that uh, throughout these shows, especially when you're talking about three hours that you could just zip through. But, I, I wonder what that's like for the, uh, the inner arena audience they just sit just sitting there that, like that, that long period of time just watching video packages and commercials a lot of trips to i guess the, the concessions i guess uh so raw came to us this week from the paycom center in oklahoma city where 7,283 tickets were distributed as of this afternoon according to wrestletix this is up from 6,489 the last time they were here a year ago and when you start things off this is um maybe a notable show because michael cole was not around he was replaced by kevin patrick pw insider reported that cole had requested this time off some time ago due to a personal personal commitment so if you remember the promo from seth rollins um not that long ago uh, this would make this one of cole's rare days off perhaps it's his th- third third in 26 years that's crazy yeah. that's crazy right there hey i want that way do you like kevin patrick um He's inoffensive to me. I wouldn't necessarily say I like him, you know, just much the same way I wouldn't have necessarily said I like Michael Cole, like for most of those 26 years. I think now I do like Michael Cole. Um, yeah. But Kevin Patrick to me is just sort of a like there. He, I don't I don't dislike him, which might be a compliment in and of itself. They say with, with Michael Cole, I think Pat McAfee did a lot for his career. Like I really I think Pat McAfee just like injected like a bunch, like a new career resurgence of that man for like kevin patrick I, I've, I've always had this feeling like it's probably just me but i've always felt that kevin patrick is like um like triple h's placeholder from tom hannafan like if he if he could ever get tom hannafan back and reunite him with Corey graves his old nxt commentary team i feel like that's what he would do but like kevin patrick's like this 
like this filler that he just that he has and he just uses him. Or maybe they use Big Joseph, but yeah, I, I see that a lot about Kevin Patrick. Like I, I even saw people they was talking about like he's more exciting when he calls the uh, the, the he calls like his soccer games and he's like for football games and he's like way more excited. And people like ask like where's that energy for for Monday Night Raw? I imagine. I imagine there's so much pressure to just like, you know, fall in line, you know, when you're doing something like this with so many ears like, and so much public pressure on you at the same time. Right. Or maybe a bit less pressure doing some of those, um, uh, you know, other sports and 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 maybe more confidence to, to be yourself. Um, who knows? But he stuck around for this long, so they must like something about him. Yeah. So Sammy Zayn actually starts tonight's episode off, and he's out wearing a Kevin Owens T-shirt. He is here to talk about Kevin Owens' straight to SmackDown, and he says he has mixed emotions. He says that he's sad about the end of his partnership with Owens, but he's excited for the both of them to do things um, big as single stars. Zayn says he's a world champion level star, so he's starting the push towards his world title campaign tonight. Points out the elephant in the room. He says the cause of Kevin Owens' trade is Jay Uso. So he's struggling with it. Uh, he says that the Judgment Day are getting a tag title shot tonight after they tormented Owens and Zayn through their run. So he's got a lot of things on his mind. Then out comes the Judgment Day, and they all make fun of Sammy being alone. Priest is happy that Owens is gone. They're going to take care of Jay and Cody tonight. Priest says he wants to take Drew out as well, but Rhea again has to tell him to forget about Drew for now. Uh, so more on that later, of course. They're about to attack Zayn, but out comes Jay Uso with a chair, and they all chase Judgment Day away. Sammy throws the chair down and leaves without Jay, just as a way to show his continued mixed emotions and possible resentment towards Jay as we head into the next segment. Now I'll talk about that before I get your thoughts, Andrew. Sammy and Jay are backstage, and Jay confronts Sammy. Sammy says he needs space. Sammy says Owens isn't there, and that's because of Jay. He says he should be a tag team champion, but he isn't, and he says that's also because of Jay. Jay says, I didn't know you felt like that, and so Jay leaves. Sammy immediately says he, uh, or shows that he's regretful, and chases after Jay and says, I'm sorry. Jay says, yeet, and they're seemingly good again. So uh, your thoughts on the opening segment, as well as this little interaction between Sammy and Jay. So as far as Sammy like uh, addressing that he, is excited for himself because he could potentially become world champion. Like I see, th- this is what I like about um, this separate world title having. Because I mean, it, like you you had mentioned it earlier, there's like a few, very slim few names who you legit legitimately believe is going to end Roman Reigns' reign. And one of those names is Cody Rose. And for at this point, it seems like the only name is Cody Rose or if you, the, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. But with Seth, see the, the thing is, Seth is built strong. But then at the same time, he's not like this like unbeatable force that Roman is presented as on on television, where everybody's like kind of secluded away from him in terms of the believability category. Like Rollins, like even when he was feuding with Shinsuke and they were building the thing up about uh you know should he uh, beating his back up and stuff like that, and you know really turn him down. Like there was a part of me that thought maybe they might put the title on Shinsuke. There's, there's a part of me that feel like maybe they might put the title on Drew, and, and that, I think that's a that's just a good. You know, separate thing to have, and Sammy did this. Like him being on Raw, I wouldn't rule it if they put the title on Sammy. But if it was the other way around, I would be like, it's no way, it's no way he's beating Roman. And and, and Sammy, man, like he, 
like I had, I had put this out on Twitter. Like Sammy is like one of the most layered wrestlers, man. Like he, he really reminds me of Mick Foley. Like just his mannerisms and how he like switches back and forth between like his different emotions and stuff like that. And you can tell by just like how he, you know, just using his hands and stuff like that. And you can tell by like the way that he looks at certain individuals and all that type of stuff. Like Sammy, like again, he's like one of the most layered wrestlers that I've seen. And I'm, I'm excited for his, his singles run and this whole interaction with Jey Uso. It really shows like the, um, the, the frustration he has for Jay. Because he Jay, Jay is in a position now where everything, like he said, Jay, everything is going good for him, and it, it's just partially because, like, the, because of that, Kevin Owens is now on on SmackDown, and the reason he separated from KO is because Jay's on Raw and all that stuff. So, yeah, I, I really like the the dynamic between these two individuals, and a, and a part of me, especially with the end of the, the end of the show, I think that Sammy is like slightly happy that those titles are no longer in his possession because now. It's like a more sort of like an even thing. I guess he feels like even. It, it, it's interesting, man. Interesting dynamic. Very much so. You know. Um. So you know when Owens was um uh, traded to SmackDown, I I had wondered if they how they would follow up on it, if they would make it as much of a story as I think I had assumed that they would. Um. Just to tell the story of like the people that are left behind and and how resentful that they might feel towards Jay. I'm glad to see that they did pick up on that note and had now sort of like a, a bit of tension building here. Uh, between Sammy, Sammy and Jay. Um, now they did extinguish it really quickly. So you wonder if this was just a temporary pause or if it's something in the background that, um, you know, is, is going to continue to build up within Sammy uh, so that he and Jay at some point might finally, you know, have, have their interaction and maybe their match down the road. Yeah. Um, you know, because we now know Sammy is resentful to Jay for not just the Owens trade, but to, um, I guess, you know, he sees him as a bit of an obstacle in, 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 in his ability to win the tag team titles as well. So I wonder where it ends up. I certainly, you know, um, don't hope to see any sort of like hinting of a heel turn for Sami Zayn. I don't know yeah. if that'll be successful at this point, but the idea of him possibly going for a championship, whether against Rollins or whoever succeeds Rollins, I think, um, is a very viable one. You know, there's just so much left for, for him as a singles, you know, challenger at least. 100%. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, kind of really glad that they didn't uh, go the route of, like, having Kevin turn on Sammy or something like that because I, I saw that being, like, speculated a lot. And I, I really didn't want to do that whole thing. It's, it's like, so, like, they, they've done that so many times. Like, I'm glad they just found, like, an amicable thing and a thing that made sense. And I'm honestly surprised, like, in storyline, like, a lot of these talents are, like, going at Cody because Cody's, like, the reason that most of this stuff is happening. So mm-hmm. I'm surprised like a lot of talents are going. I know it, Drew had a little thing with Kobe, but I'm guessing they they waiting on that. So, you know, we'll oh, see. Oh, that's happening, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. After. Uh, up next, we've got a Falls Count Anywhere match between Ricochet and Shinsuke Nakamura. And this starts off where the two of them fight to the back through the gorilla position where Ricochet says to producer Shane Helms, stand back, Hurricane. There's a Ricochet <laughs> coming through. Did you catch this? Yeah, I saw that. Very cute. We go to commercial, and then suddenly we come back with, with Ricochet standing atop a balcony where he does a shooting star press off the balcony to Nakamura and the bodyguards below. Just insane. Like, if this was on a bigger stage in a different year, like, this spot would be legendary. Yeah. But now it's just sort of a move you do coming back from commercial these days. Yeah. Nakamura again hits Ricochet with the GTS. And the, the GTS at this point, just yeah, at least for him, I mean, I, I don't think it's supposed to lead to anything it's it just seems like it's a move he's adopted to his repertoire wait, wait did you did you see the usa uh network account when they when they they posted a highlight and nakamura doing the, the ricochet last week and they they put a comment under the under the post and it was like best in the world i was like Why okay interesting <laughs> well 
I, I mean, who knows, you know, at this point, honestly. I, I, I don't think that social media person has, like, any knowledge about, like, whether CM Punk is coming back. But it's, it's interesting seeing, like, all these different dots and stuff like that. So, Well, I'm curious yeah. to know what, what like, what Nakamura – let's say it's not leading to anything, okay? Well, right. what is Nakamura thinking? Like, he, does he just want to create some buzz? Because he knows, knows exactly what the reaction will be. Right? I, I, I think he knows. He has to. It, it's no way he doesn't know. Yeah, I would say so too. Yeah, interesting. Uh, so uh, it looks good actually when Nakamura does it because he's tall. Yeah. So like the knee actually reaches like the guy. So <laughs> he does it better than than Punk. Even Kenta, I would say. Uh, Nakamura kicks Ricochet off the top, sending him through a table on the floor. And he follows up with a Kinshasa for the victory. Uh, I thought this was an entertaining Falls Count Anywhere match. The stipulation offered a great way for ricochet to really just kind of show off his creativity and acrobatics um he looks spectacular here what did you think about the match so so before uh, the match started i really liked the um the subtitle video packet or the, the vignette that they aired for nakamura I, do it, stuff like that is just so simple for your your international talents to get them over because it, it saves you the whole thing of sending them out there and then they got to deal with the what chance when you put stuff up like that it just adds more credibility to them and it's like it, it, it just hypes them up even better. And I, I, I'm really liking this uh this heel version of Nakamura. I feel like this is like the most excited I've been watching him in years because I kind of feel like he just kind of been stale as hell, for like the most. I feel like the longest. So now I feel like this is the most interested I'm in the Nakamura. And I always enjoy these um d- these programs that don't involve the championship because you get a lot of different individuals involved that doesn't involve a title. So it's just separate stories, and then you can build people up. Like I, honestly, I thought Ricochet was probably gonna come out on top because I thought they was gonna move him towards mm-hmm. Rollins eventually but you know Nakamura got the win yeah I found it interesting too because like you know after a title win I don't know if like what they were going to do with Nakamura afterwards but this seems to be a bit of a rehab win for him after the, the Rollins losses mm-hmm. so um what are they setting him up for you know afterwards um I guess we'll find out yeah. but but Ricochet did get you know he got the loss but he also got a beautiful highlight real moment here which they did replay thankfully afterwards we have Piper and Chelsea in the back. They are with Tegan, Nikki, Carter, and Chance. Chelsea tries to talk down on the others, but Knox says she, says she's learned from the man to not let others disrespect her. So she talks back to Chelsea, and they seem to be building to, towards some sort of tag team interaction here between Chelsea and Piper versus Knox and Natalia. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but first, Piper and Natalia face off tonight, or a P as Chelsea <laughs> now calls her. Uh, so Wade says Natalia sees herself as the mother hen of the locker room, protecting the younger talent. I mean, I don't know if you felt this way, Andrew, but like I, I totally felt like Natalia's um, relationship with Tegan, I thought was so sort of like over the top that I thought for sure it would be leading to a sort I thought I thought she was being sarcastic. Same. Yeah. But this seems like it's genuine. And of course, it could still lead to some sort of swerve, but at least for now, they're playing it very sort of like genuine. You know, you, you, you might know it's So I remember Natalia had done an interview not too, I must say this like five or six months ago when she talked about wanting to take like a group of young women on the roster and build like a stable. And she's been, she's been around Katana and Caden like the last two or three weeks. Like they've all, they're always with her or like she's always in the vicinity with them. So like, I, I think that might be something they might be brewing up. Oh, hmm. no, maybe get, or maybe getting Tegan involved. Like, I, I, so with, with Tegan, like I've always felt that a great story for Tegan was a eventual title match with Rhea Ripley because of the history between them. Cause you remember when she blew her knee out at the Mae Young Classic, she faced mm-hmm. Rhea and Rhea, I, I don't know. I don't know if this was just like, cause she, she was, she Rhea's young now, but like she was younger back then. And for her to have the awareness to continue in her character and not go into full, like 
oh my, like my real friend is hurt, like reinstating character the whole time. It was like trash talking her and all that stuff. And I always feel like there was a genuine story that can be told between them, but I just don't know how, if, if they can get the crowd that invested in Tegan, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? To, to, to want to care about that enough. But I, I, I think it could be done. I really do. Totally. I mean, that that sort of was like one of the um, I would say it was a pivotal moment for both of their careers, because yeah. at least for me, like that was when I really first started to notice Rhea Ripley, like the fact that she was able to handle herself that way. And of course, for Tika Knox, I mean, her yeah, life story yeah. is, is her knee injuries, right? Especially mm-hmm. that one that we all got to see in person. By the way, do you remember the uh, the referee of that match? Jessica Cobb was the referee, right? Oh, was it Aubrey Everett? It was Aubrey. It was Aubrey. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Who, who called it off? I I rewatched it like you know maybe a couple weeks ago, and I was just like, I was so impressed, like with, with the way Aubrey was able to handle handle that situation as well. Anyway, yeah. you're you're completely right. There's a, there's a future match down the road between those two, but Tegan has to get up there. You know what yeah. I mean? To the point where like audiences could care about them telling that story. Did, did they? Did they? They already had a video package about her knee injuries, right? I mean, every video package about Tegan has been about the news, right? But but nothing. <laughs> that, that's not Rhea's. funny. I, I feel so bad laughing at that. <laughs> but but the, the Rhea aspect of it, they have not really touched on. Okay. Okay. So, cool. Yeah. yeah. No, totally. Uh, okay. So um, Piper Niven versus Natalia is the match. P versus Natalia. Wade's, uh Okay. So Green gets on the apron. Natalia bumps into her. Uh, uh, Natalia gets distracted, and then a low crossbody from Niven. Uh, gets the heels the win. So really, not much time here. They worked a really fast pace. Um, crowd wasn't that reactive to it, unfortunately, as like tends to be the case with without much story for a lot of these um, undercard women's matches. Afterwards, the heels beat on Natalia, prompting Tegan to come out to save. So I, this was like a pretty you know bare bones build to a tag title challenge. Any anything to add? Uh, nah, not really. I mean, I I, I do think that they should eventually get Kaden and Katana in that mix. And then I'm also wondering like, where do you fit in a, uh, uh, Alba fire and, and Aladon? I know they've been doing like dark matches before SmackDown starts. So it would be, and I know they've been airing video package. So it, but what would kind of be nice if you got them in the mix and of course integrate some, some of those NXT, uh, women's tandems as well. So, I mean, I think next up definitely should be Katana and, uh, Kaden. Plus they got that cool entrance where they come out with the little, um, the little machines and you know, people go crazy for that. So yeah, get, get them in there. That's a good baby face team to go up against Chelsea and Piper. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what their plan is with any of these teams, dude. <laughs> they they like, don't know what they do. Are they actually trying to build a division right now, or or are they just kind of like oh, existing? I think they just, they, they just winging it. Like Natalia and Tegan is not really a team, you know. They're like a team of the week, right? They're a team to lead to whatever story might might come out of Tegan into Tegan versus Natalia. The one of the only real teams are the two teams that you mentioned. It's it's Chance and <laughs> Chance and, and Carter and and uh, Albafire and and Isla Dawn. So yeah. I I hope that they're just saving them so that like they don't get burnt and, and just you know wasted for for like nothing right now. Mm. Um, yeah, I about to say because Kate and Katana they already lost to Ronda and Shayna already, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and, and so it's sort of Alvin. They're waiting for this curse to pass. I think you know yeah. they're they're waiting for for um you know a, a few more uh, people to to maybe take the belts before they get them. So Judgment Day are backstage. Priest continues to convince the others to take Drew out behind Rhea Ripley's back. Dom reminds them that Rhea doesn't like the idea. Rhea comes back from a phone call and Priest gets suspicious of what all these phone calls were about. So they're building a bit of tension between Rhea and Priest right now as Priest wants to go against Rhea's orders and attack Drew while Rhea is taking a lot of phone calls and making Priest suspicious. More on this later. 
Rollins, Seth Rollins comes out. He says he's confused by Drew's actions last week where Drew said he wanted him 100%, but he didn't do anything to stop an attack from Damian Priest, but he did stop Dominic with a briefcase. So he calls Drew out. Drew says he's not going to get involved and babysit Rollins every time he gets attacked. Seth asks Drew if he's enlisted help, and Drew is confused by what he means. So Seth Rollins plays a video from last week of an interview with Ricochet where... Many people were able to spot this on the internet. uh, Drew McIntyre was seen in the background of the shot speaking to Rhea Ripley. And Drew says, Rhea approached me, okay? And it's none of Seth's business what they were talking about. Seth, at this point, is convinced that Drew is working with Judgment Day. So he says Drew's failed in a lot lot in recent years, and now he's decided to help or get the help of Judgment Day. Drew says he doesn't need anybody and reminds Seth that he beat him last time they had a title match. Drew brings up, again, the bloodline, and Seth stops him mid-sentence. He tells him to move on from the bloodline, tells him to get over it. Drew says getting the crowd to sing along to his theme song, like they do Rollins, was his dream while he was champion. He was champion while nobody was there because it was during the pandemic. He says he stepped up when no one else did. And when the pandemic was over, his moment had passed. But he captured it again at Clash of the Castle in the UK, where 50,000 people saw him go up against Roman Reigns, and he lost thanks to the bloodline. So now he's going to capture lightning in a bottle for a third time, and he's going to face Rollins to re- he's going to force Rollins to re- reinvent himself again after he beats him. Rollins says nobody knows about climbing back to the top more than he does. He spent four years getting to his spot right now, but all he hears from Drew right now is excuses and it won't get him anywhere he wants to go. Rollins says he'll beat him and it'll be the best thing to ever happen to Drew because Drew will finally have nobody to blame but himself. What do you think of this segment? I really like that that whole exchange between those two because both of them made like a lot of valid points in between their two characters. I think that this is going to be the catalyst to Drew McIntyre finally snapping. Like I, 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 I've been waiting for like a, a heel Drew McIntyre for a long time. And, and I feel like we're finally about to get, I think him losing to Rollins, that's going to be like the final, the final straw that's going to send him over the edge. And then that's when we're going to get like the, I, 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 I would not be surprised if like a sh- shortly into this heel run or like halfway through it, like he ends up winning the title. Cause I think that a heel Drew McIntyre is going to be, I think that, I think that's going to be a real nice uh, transition for, for Drew. And, um, yeah, I mean, both of them made some some solid points in the, in the storyline sense. You know, Seth hit him with the, you know, you need to start complaining about the clash of the castle. And Drew's like, well, how am I supposed to get over that when that was my one moment to, like, recapture that glory that I had two years prior and I haven't had that since. So, and, and, and of course, uh, Rollins and McIntyre, I think they have, like, real great in-ring chemistry. I think the last time they fought was at the, the pandemic Money in the Bank 2020. And they, that was, like, a really good match for, like, you know, again, for having no people in, in, in the audience. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that, uh, for, for, for them to actually compete at Crown Jewel. Yeah, I, I too was really, really impressed by this segment. I thought, first of all, you know, let's let's give him some credit for putting the, the little Easter egg in there last week, you know, with Drew talking to Rhea in the background as they're continuing to tease um uh, a certain working relationship from uh, the Judgment Day po- po- point of view and, and Damien Priest now getting very suspicious of Rhea Ripley. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I thought it was very effective. And when they did the reveal tonight, it got a big gasp from this audience as they saw it in the background. Um but man, I thought this segment was a wonderful sort of like um, reintroduction of Drew McIntyre's trauma 
like where he basically didn't just kind of talk about like we always thought okay clash of the castle was like the big you know hurtful thing for him but like so what people lose title matches all the time when you hear it framed by from drew where he says you know i it was my dream to have the audience sing my song like they sung yours seth but nobody was here because it was the pandemic and then when he fought worked so hard to get to that clash of the castle title match again and to only to have it taken away from him um you can start to understand that much uh, uh you know um why he's so bitter about it all and Dude. then like you said you know a- andrew leading to this third time his third opportunity to try to finally capture that moment now that if it's taken away from him yet again i mean this will certainly be the the catalyst of uh you know sending him completely over the top and and then to his point like i'm, I'm pretty sure you remember like when he uh and, and people watching remember when he like going into that wrestlemania 36 before like the pandemic bro drew was hot like he was over as hell. Like especially like I know people remember that visual when he won the Royal Rumble in twenty twenty and the crowd was going nuts and people thought that like halfway through the match that they was gonna start booing him because Edge was in the match. I mean Adam Copeland was in the match. So uh yeah, Drew, Drew like his his gripes in storyline and, and also in reality, they, they make a lot of sense into what to what he's saying and why he could be bitter about it. So yeah, I'm I'm actually hoping he loses this match because I'm I'm ready to see a heel Drew McIntyre. They've done such a great job right now of this very slow, very subtle, and I mean, maybe not so subtle, but very slow mm, turn towards being, I would say, definitely a tweener right now, and then um, probably full-on babyface very shortly. But Drew is is my favorite character in WWE right now. They're doing such mm. a great job with him. We get videos for Bronson Reed versus Gunther coming up later tonight, and then we see some headlines for Logan Paul's fight. Uh, it's building up to the Rey Mysterio uh, uh, confrontation. I think they're kind of like making this sound like on Friday. Yeah, it's going to happen on Friday. They, you know what? They, they should put the title on them. I'm going to just say it. They should put the title. I think they should put the okay. title on them. I think they should put the title on them. I do. Which I title? really do. The U.S. title. I think he should be Ray. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think he should be Ray. Yeah, totally. Why not? Because what I think is, I think that I, I think that they what they really want to do is, I'm talking about from their perspective, what they want is to get Santos Escobar to that next level and i think that they think about him by logan taking the title on ray that'll entice escobar to get in and logan's um people like you can talk down on logan he's good at this bro like he you know what i'm saying he's good at this and i think that by sansu escobar being in there with logan it'll take him to that next thing that he needs to hit because escobar's kind of like always been like middle tier to me he's kind of like just there so i think by him working logan like i think it'll give him some that extra mm. so you think logan beats ray and then santos versus logan yeah, with Santos like any eventually turning babyface or or him staying heel throughout this whole. Uh, time? Are you talking about? Oh wait, Santos. Yeah, like he, he, yeah, he Santos ba- versus Logan. Yeah, yeah. So Santos versus Logan, but like, yeah, you, you said like babyface heel, but like, yeah, Santos is the babyface in the uh, mm-hmm. in, in in the scenario. So yeah, I, I think eventually it'll be that Santos versus uh Logan. I think that's the the end goal. Huh? I think I, I think okay. they want to get Santos to that next level. And I think that by him working with Logan Paul, he could do that. But definitely a crown jewel if that's the match. I think Logan needs to be Rey Mysterio. Yeah, you know, as sort of like personalities, I think Logan and Rey works really well. We already saw um, uh, we saw it for WrestleMania, didn't we? Yeah. Um, I, I, I about to say, what way would you be surprised if Dominic was the one that calls Rey that match? Because this is only like just because so, L- 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 Logan had he was on his uh, this he had did like a podcast interview. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about like how he always wanted him and Dominic have always talked about like teaming up or forming like an alliance or something like that. Oh, okay. So like, and, and I don't, I, 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 cause I don't know if he was just saying that just to say that, or maybe that was like a little Easter egg that he left, but he said that they've talked about it, like behind the scenes of like always doing something together. So maybe 
that'll be like Dominic cost and Ray the match. You know what I'm saying? Then yeah. So, what, and then Logan Paul is an honorary member of Judgment Day? Maybe, maybe that's a phone call. Ripley. That, that, okay, maybe. You never know, man. That man, might social be media uh, kingpins here. Rhea Ripley on TikTok and Logan Paul. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I think if there's anybody that might get involved in Cost Ray the Championship, it might be Santos. You know, if they want to go to mm. Santos versus Ray right now, right? Um, but yeah, like a Dominic involvement with a Ray Mysterio match, maybe you can never write out. I just feel like we've already done Ray versus Dominic like so much at this point that they might yeah. want to take a break from it. Yeah. But a, a Dominic and Logan t- tag team would, would be quite, quite the thing. This post wrestling podcast is brought to you by nerd Wallet's smart money podcast. Financial literacy can be daunting, but it's one of the most valuable things you can equip yourself with on nerd Wallet's smart money podcast. Their trusted financial journalists offer easily digestible conversational discussions on topics like balancing your portfolio, If you think an ETF is one of Cena's five moves of doom, this show might be for you. Planning for your tax bills this April, so you don't have to worry about a visit from Erwin R. Scheister. And putting away more money for retirement, because unlike most wrestlers at the end of their careers, most of us should only plan on retiring once. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Johnny Gargano takes on Ludwig Kaiser. This comes off of last week's uh, backstage attack during an interview, of course, with DIY. And I I didn't really catch it, but did they say Ciampa was taken out because of this attack? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's why. So he's going to be out for a while because it doesn't seem like he's back next week either. So Kaiser dominates early on. Gargano then begins a great comeback. Gargano hits Wallow's bell and then one final beat. Vinci pokes Gargano in the eye behind the rest back to break the count. Gargano chases Vinci outside. Back into the ring, Kaiser takes advantage of the distraction. He hits a jumping enzigiri and then hits Sonata's finisher, Deadfall, as Ludwig Kaiser gets the win. Man, uh, first of all, they, they, need, they need to get Gargano a new theme because this theme's trash that he has. Like It sucks compared to that old theme that he used to have. Or maybe he could go get DIY's old Chrome Heart theme song. He needs something better than that. I just want to say, I'm, I'm a big like theme song person, and that means a lot to a overall character and his theme song sucks but like uh gargano like I, i'm he he kind of he been cold man to me like and, and i, I been like, been I'm around. like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but i mean i mean like, even prior to that like he just i don't it, it just like he came back and you know you felt that initial like okay maybe they'll get something going and then like it kind of just fell off and then of course he took time off he wasn't around i think he's working a couple of house shows and stuff like that but yeah, I don't like. I mean, maybe this might be the best way to to get Gargano over. Like, he's always been that like baby face underdog. It worked in NXT. Like, he didn't win everything. He lost a lot, 
And then like they eventually built that sympathy for him. So maybe this is the way to, you know, get the people behind Gargano. But I, I, I do like what they're doing with Ludwig, though. I really do. I like that. Yeah, yeah, certainly. I mean, this is a result that um, maybe, you know, three years ago, you wouldn't have necessarily envisioned, you know, just kind of given their statuses, like in NXT, for instance. But here, Ludwig Kaiser is higher ranked than Johnny Gargano, you know, and they're they're making an effort to make Ludwig Kaiser feel like something that that that's more significant that, than just an underling for Imperium. Yeah. Whereas Johnny Gargano really does feel like he's starting from the bottom right now. And mm-hmm. uh, this, you know, obviously is so, uh, some very simple build to an eventual tag team match between DIY and Imperium. And I think they're just trying to show that Gargano needs Ciampa in order to, you know, sort of mm. neutralize the extra man advantage that uh, Imperium have. Um, but beyond that, like, I have to think, you know, especially with Paulo Beck in charge, he knows the amount of talent yeah. potential that's there with Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. And that they're just kind of slowly building them. But it might be pretty, pretty slow. You know, at this point, I I do wonder if they'll even have a place on WrestleMania because it's hard to, hard to envision right now with how loaded these rosters are. Yeah, Gargano and Champa are definitely uh Paul of that guys one hundred percent. Those those are his guys. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is like a real slow burn. I know Gargano's facing a uh, Giovanni next week on, on Raw, so I wouldn't be surprised if Champa were to return on that show. And maybe yeah. help him out because I, I, I don't see I, the, the way the way that the story has been told with Imperium is that Luba can get the job done, but Giovanni can't get it done. So I think that Gargano is going to get his win back and he's going to beat Giovanni. Mm-hmm. And then I, I don't know how to because like, at this point, like they, they make it seem like they about to get Giovanni to boot out of Imperium the way he <laughs> the way he coming up short in these uh, in, in these performances. So, yeah, we, I guess we're going to see. Becky Lynch is backstage and she is met by Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae who want to know when Becky will give an opportunity to Indy, who, of course, never lost the NXT championship. Becky says, you're right, and she's going to go to Pierce right now to make it official. And then we get a brief face-to-face between Rhea Ripley and Becky Lynch. Uh, Becky and Rhea, to me, has always felt like a mania destination, but could they possibly do it sooner than that, Andrew, especially now that you have Jade Cargill in the mix? (sighs) See, with with Rhea and Becky, I'm... I, I think I think it could go to a WrestleMania. I, I can definitely see that because, like, I, I feel like with Rhea, the, the way that Triple H books her, he he presents her in a light where she has the uh, ability to maybe cross over into two, into two different sections. Like, she gets very involved in the men's division, and then also she the way she presents herself is that she's is she's above the the, the women's division as well. And it's just an interesting dynamic that they uh that they present Rhea in. So I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if they go uh, Rhea and Becky at WrestleMania. I, I'm, I, I, I am like curious to see how, like um, how to get the NXT title off Becky Lynch. Like who would that go to? Maybe they put it back on Tiffany Stratton. Maybe they put it on somebody new. Uh, curious to see how that turns out. But yeah, Rhea and Becky for WrestleMania, that I, I would pretty, I, pretty locked. You could lock that in, I think. So if that's the case, I mean, this is just sort of another instance of them, you know, doing a very sort of long term tease of what the WrestleMania program could be. But, I, you know, we also can't can't rule out the, the possibility of these two uh, meeting sooner. Plans yeah, may change can. all that. You know, <laughs> Bec- Becky did say um, at the end of the segment as they're fading to black, uh, she did say Becky two belts. So, I mean, it's it's still a possibility that um, I guess this match could happen really anytime, even while Becky's still NXT champion. Mm. Drew McIntyre is backstage and uh, he encounters Sami Zayn and thanks Sami for helping defuse the situation between him and Jay Uso last week. Drew says he was apprehensive about Sami after Sami left the bloodline, but Sami has stepped up and he's become a leader. Sami says thanks, but then Drew says, 
Wait, wait, wait. That's what I wanted to say to you before tonight until you instantly forgave Jay Uso. So <laughs> really being an asshole here, okay? <laughs> Giving the compliment and then just pulling it back and saying, I meant to say that, but I yeah. now I don't feel that way. Um, so Drew says that Jay has done the opposite of what Sami Zayn has done. Sami says that they don't see eye to eye on this and agrees with Seth that Drew needs to, needs to let the bloodline stuff go. Sammy says he can relate that it's hard to put that stuff behind him, but Drew is the only one right now who can't forgive Jay. Drew says a lot of people seem like they can relate to him, but Sammy, you're not somebody who can relate because you've never been a world champion. He says, Sammy, at this rate, you'll never be a world champion by just trusting anybody like he has. And this gets Sammy angry enough to challenge Drew to a match next week. I thought this was so great. Yeah, I did too. Man. I did too. Man, like see, the the thing, like I like we had so we just talked about it, but like they're they're slowly planting these seeds, man, for a Drew McIntyre heel turn. And I I, I I'm like I'm I'm like genuinely excited about this, like this, this dude turn a heel, man. Like it's it's upset. It's, 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 I, I, I mean, think this heel this heel run gonna be something nice, man. Oh, these seeds are like you know uh, uh, like sprouting already, dude. Like <laughs> like we're in the springtime, right? And and these things are already coming out. Like, I I I I love the fact that you got this little scene between these two because these are these are two of Roman's more notable challengers throughout yeah. this run. You know, Drew at Clash of the Castle, and then Sammy at Elimination Chamber. Two contenders that I think a lot of people thought would have been the ones to take yeah. the belt off of Roman at one point. Yeah. Um, but I love that they can use both of those sort of experiences to contrast how each has kind of handled the loss. We see that Sammy has moved on even tonight, you know, being able to forgive Jay for, I guess, you know, getting Owens traded, but Drew has not. And as a viewer, it's kind of hard to say like who is right here. I mean, we know, yes, like Drew is the asshole in this scenario. (laughs) He he kind of (laughs) right, but like you understand him. Right. And when you look at it, you kind of agree that like Drew has the killer instinct still within him where Sammy is, he's just kind of letting things slide a little too easily. Like Drew is still has that fire. He still has that hunger to get revenge, to be champion. Whereas Sammy says he does, but does he like, is he a killer? You know, to quote uh, Logan Roy, you know what I mean? So like, I, I, I say, I think the thing with Sammy, especially now that KO is off of raw, like KO, I feel like KO was like more of, um, what's a good word? Like, I feel like he was like kind of Sammy's like backbone a little bit. Like he 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 bought like when Sammy would try to be all like diplomatic in these situations, Kevin Kevin Owens would be like, "Bro, let's just fight. Like, let's just get let's just squash all the extra talking. Let's do up, put all the extra stuff to the side. Let's just get to it." And I feel like now that Sammy is by himself, you're going to see like a more vulnerable Sammy Zayn who tries to maybe align himself with a couple of different individuals to find like some type of home, I guess. And like Drew. Kind of like just sees right through that in, in this whole scenario, and it's also you talked about like the the, uh, the dynamic between the two in terms of like how they handle laws, also how they view Jay Uso in this whole scenario. Like it, 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 just the different variations of like how Sammy felt about Jay in that initial segment that they had, and then he immediately forgave him. And Drew just like from the moment Jay stepped on Raw, he's like hated this dude. So it's there's some good storytelling going on in this whole uh, scenario, man. Very much so. Up next, we've got Rhea Ripley versus Shayna Baszler. This is a non-title match. Early on, Shayna hits Rhea with a hard 
arm drag takedown and Rhea takes this high on her shoulder. Uh, it looked very convincing here. Ripley continues to sell her arm throughout the match. So she's working as a very clear baby face in this match. Again, remember she requested Dominic not be ringside because she wanted to do this herself. There's a, it, this ended up being a, like a pretty dominant performance from Shayna. I thought her offense looked great. Hits a big German suplex, a big knee for two. Rhea fights back. She goes for the riptide, but upon landing, Shayna counters the riptide with a beautiful arm bar. Uh, I'm not sure if they did this in their, their prior meetings, but it, it was a beautifully designed and, and executed counter. Mm. Out comes Nia Jax at this point, and out comes Raquel, out comes Zoe Stark, and everybody fights on the outside. Stark somehow ends up in the ring, and she attacks Rhea and DQs the match. Afterwards, Rhea wants a Nia confrontation. Zoe ends up fighting her as well, and Zoe ends up taking all of them out. So, um, this just really was meant to introduce Zoe Stark into the mix of, uh, you know, th- th- this sort of like, um, you know, tough, yeah. top women's contenders types of, type of battles. But man, I, I've really kind of had my limit of, of these like DQ finishes. I understand you want to try to get everybody ready for this five way, but man. Um, just wish they could have came up with another way to do it. Yeah. I probably have just like a more decisive finish to the Baszler. Ripley and match. I'll tell you why. It's because throughout, I thought this was a really good match, Andrew. You know, I I thought I thought um uh technically it was strong. I thought um there was effective babyface selling from Rhea. I thought there was a lovely counter in the finish, but the crowd was cold for it. And when they're cold for a Rhea Ripley match, it tells you that like I don't think they've done such a great job building the contenders. Um, so. Nonetheless, uh, let's fast forward. They do announce for Crown Jewel, we have a five-way between um, Nia, uh, Raquel, Shayna, Rhea, and Zoe Stark for the Women's Championship. Uh, your thoughts overall on the match as well as um, the uh, Crown Jewel announcement? So, so yeah, so as soon as I saw, even last week when I saw this match get announced, I kind of had a feeling it was going to turn out this way. Like, But I, I, I didn't uh, factor in Zoe Stark. I just thought it was going to be Nia and Raquel getting involved and it was going to be some type of DQ finish. I had, Going into it, I just had a feeling we're going to have no decisive uh, winner in this scenario. Like, it, in terms of the match, like, I, I think with uh, Shayna Baszler's offense, right, I, I, I think it's like, so I, I, I've never thought that Shayna was a big arena wrestler in terms of like her offense, because like her offense is very like it, it, it was it was really suited to that NXT audience. Everything was so close and packed in, so it really wasn't like when you got people looking up at the the rafters and stuff like that. I just feel like it's a very different uh, d- different viewing experience for those in arena versus those watching on TV in terms of how they perceive Shayna Baszler. Like we watch her and we see like the intricate stuff she does and how good she is at the technical aspect, but like in terms of like watching her in arena, you know, it might not be that intriguing the, the ronda shana match the, the ronda's last match I, I thought was a perfect example of that they went for like you know more of a blood sport feel i actually happened to be in, in arena so i had that live experience i liked it but it, it didn't really work well you know throughout the mo- the rest of the the the, the crowd and that was yeah. a, a stadium show yeah so uh yeah that, that's kind of how i feel about that and as far as the match goes uh the crown jewel match i'm i'm, I'm assuming that uh, zoe takes the pin in this scenario I, I think they definitely want to keep Nash strong. Definitely want to keep Raquel strong, and I can see Shayna and, and Zoe just like the odd went out in terms of like who you keeping strong. So I can definitely see Rhea pinning her and uh, retaining the title. I hope the match is good, you know, because as long as the match is is good and it gets talked about, I, I mean, everybody could be elevated as a result of it. So yeah. uh, we shall see. Crowd jewel. Adam Pierce is in the back, and she again makes Becky versus Indy. 
for Raw next week uh, to be official. And then Zia Lee comes out and she's pissed off that she hasn't had her shot against Becky yet. So it seems like they might be building. It seems like they might be like um, going through these sort of like Becky open challenges with like a two week warning where mm-hmm. like um, somebody will make the challenge first and then somebody else will be in line. So they'll have to get in queue. And then the week after, you get reminded of who is next in line. And I think Zia Lee seems to be next in line. And then she still got Lyra on the 28th or the 23rd, yeah. I think. Right. Yeah, for uh, for NXT Halloween Havoc. Now, I think it's the 24th. It's one of those days. But yeah, she got Lyra coming up too for Halloween Havoc. So, so she's yeah, very man. busy. So I guess yeah. uh, I guess Zaya will be getting the winner of that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, most likely Becky Lynch, I suppose. <laughs> um, okay, so in walks Jade Cargill at this point confronting Becky Lynch. She gets a big reaction from this crowd. Jade says, nice title. And Becky says, get in line. (laughs) Jade laughs as Becky walks away and says, she's funny. As Pierce welcomes her to Monday Night Raw. Your thoughts on the latest in the uh, Jade Cargill introduction? I'm I'm, I'm liking the way that they're uh, slowly building up Jade. Like like you said, she's getting some nice reactions on these shows for somebody that hasn't appeared in front of a live audience yet like she and they, i think they're doing a really good and i think that the initial promotion week that they did really helped a lot just treat her like a real big superstar and i think that like i've, I've always been in a belief just in pro wrestling if you want people to believe a certain talent as a star you got to present them like that like i've always felt like that and and like even some is um like i if you're looking at AEW, i've always uh said that like with orange cassidy like the reason people are so interested in orange is because they present him as if he's a big deal when you condition your audience to make people feel like that, they're going to feel like that. They they look at Orange as like, this is one of their guys, and they treat him like that. So And, and I think that just works in anything. You make people think that, and they will believe that. That's just pro wrestling. So I think with Jade, it's a simple formula. They make her feel like a big deal. People will view her as a big deal, and she hasn't even done anything on screen yet. Um, yeah. it, it helps that she looks like a big deal. Yeah, she, 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 yeah, she looks like a big deal, too. And like that whole uh, conversation with Charlotte, like them being the same size, yeah. that was like... Yeah, that was a nice visual. Yeah, but you know, like how many people are you know are, are part of WWE's company that look like a big deal, but don't yeah. do it like that, right? So, <laughs> so they're, they're really kind of like doing everything that, that they should with somebody like a Jade Cargill, and by positioning her even in these backstage interactions with the Charlotte, with the Becky, and I assume in the future of Rhea Ripley as well, yeah. you're t- you're educating our audience to let them know that she's at this level without even mm-hmm. her taking a step a, a step into a ring. So yeah, I about to say we, we still got the Rhea uh, confrontation and. I'm pretty sure everybody's waiting on the Bianca Belair uh, eventual mm-hmm. confrontation. Like, I was, what, what, what brand do you think she's going to land on? Like, which one do you think she's going to be on permanent? Ooh, that's interesting. Um, I think a lot of that is uh, determined by you know what I was going to say. A lot of it might be determined by her WrestleMania um um uh, uh, match, but she could win the Rumble and she could really go to any show after that. So mm. it doesn't like I and she would be like a front runner. I think at this point, maybe for yeah. a Royal Rumble victory. So um. Uh, depends. Well, like, yeah. that would be that'd be a great way to establish her right out of the gate. You have them in the rumble. I mean, it'll get no better than that in totally. terms of establishing totally. the talent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, at this point, like you know, from now until then, like, what are the best matches you can get out of her? What's the best way to showcase her? Is it on the three hour show or the two hour show? I have a feeling they might stick to like the the tried and true Jade formula at, at least to start by giving her like quick squash wins, and um, there yeah, might be I, more bodies on Raw, but uh, SmackDown will demand less airtime, so. The, 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 argument for both. the first thing I was thinking about when you when you said that in terms of like uh, 
just making sure her presentation remains strong. I, I think that they the first thing they'll probably do is have her face Zelina Vega because of the size difference. Like that oh, visual yeah. of Jade in the ring against Zelina. Like did, did you see on SmackDown like when Shonda was standing next to Zelina? She like her, her like he's holding her child, like take like walking her across the street. Like you said because when Charlotte came in to make the save, like mm, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, it, it was just like a, a funny visual. But like mm. I, I think that'll be something they do. Like you have Jade and Zelina go one on one. That'll be their first, you know, foray in ring. It's a great idea. Jackie is in the back with Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso. Just a quick little promo about Judgment Day later on tonight. Tease up Jay saying Yeet. Reed and Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. Here we've got uh, our meat match of the night. Gunther <laughs> goes for a power bomb very early on, but can't pick Reed up. Reed escapes a sleeper and goes up to Tsunami, but Gunther stops him. We come back from commercial, and Reed's chest is already purple from Gunther's chops. Reed delivers a big superplex for a two count, as the crowd reacts really well to that near fall. Reed then goes for the Tsunami, but Gunther escapes, lands his own big splash, which Reed kicks out of. Gunther tries once more for the powerbomb. This time he hits it. Spectacular move and a spectacular total defense from Gunther here. What do you think about the match? Another banger from the greatest Intercontinental Champion. Another one, man. Like, and I really like that they didn't um, allow Bronson to connect with his uh, tsunami, so it kept it strong because that, that's mm. a that's very important, man. Like, like it's even to this day, like I, I know a lot of people aren't that invested in Baron Corbin. I'm, I'm, I'm really not either, to be honest. But one thing that they always had was nobody kicked out of the end of days, and they did it with Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania 38. Which I don't know why they did that, but um, you, you know, I, I, I really like that they kept Bronson as finished strong, so it still gives him something to hold on to. Like nobody's ever kicked out of that, and he can always use that in future arguments against Gunther. Like, if I were to hit you with that, I would have beat you. So, like, that's always a thing he can always rely back on. But, yeah, go, well, Gunther, like, when it when it, when it comes time for, like, December way, like, I really think people need to throw him in that wrestler of the year conversation. Like, the year that he's had, even starting off with the Royal Rumble, when he went for, was he, number two or number one in the Rumble? He, he, he was either, <laughs> it was, it was either one, one or two and going the distance. Like, just that performance starting off his year and, like, the, great intercontinental title matches that he's had like dude he's legitimately one of the best wrestlers this year up there with osprey uh i, I think osprey is number one that's that's for me just right now in terms of overall but yeah goth is up there he's having a hell of a year it, it, it's almost hard to make the like a comparison between a wwe wrestler like yeah. And, yeah. and somebody like will osprey who's able yeah. to have like 40 minute matches like that's you know, true. every single weekend like, across multiple promotions whereas gunther i mean the the, the defenses feel a lot less i think frequent and when they do happen, I mean, you know, he gets a good amount of time, especially on TV. But it, it, it just, the, the, I think the scale just doesn't really quite yes, match it's, the same. It's so different. Yeah. It, it would be like bottom line. It'll be hard for anybody to unseat Will Osprey. I, I, I feel. This oh year, yeah, Will, but, Will got it. Yeah, he got it for sure. But but yeah. you can you can at least make an argument. You know that that at least um you know in the WWE he he, he would be the top guy. So yeah. this so was I, great. I was, I was yeah. more so like Gunther, like in. He, he's somewhere in that conversation. Like, but of course, like Will is number one for me, but like, I think Gunther's like somewhere in there, like uh, in that mix. Yeah. I'll tell you like, you know, by, by keeping these Gunther matches on TV for the most part, they're really elevating. I think, um, mm, at least the perception that, you know, on WWE TV, you, you don't get these sort of like hard hitting, strong style type of like exhaustive matches that you would typically only see on either new Japan or like an AEW or, you know, the independence or all, elsewhere outside of the, the WWE, like they delivered some really great matches and, and have managed to fit them in a TV format that have left audiences incredibly satisfied. So Man, oh, um, and, and, whenever 
Ilya Dragunov loses the NXT Championship, I need him versus Gunther on the main roster. That's a WrestleMania match, man. That's, like, that's Mania, yes. Totally. <laughs> um, yeah, where does Reed go from here, you think? Uh, I, I mean, maybe you um, try to find something similar to what they're doing with Shinsuke right now. Like you just try to find him somebody that. Dude, I hope it's not Ricochet. I, I've I've had enough. It's, of... it's probably going to be Ricochet. Because <laughs> because right. weren't they all like entangled for, yes. for quite a while? So yeah, it's probably good. Ricochet probably going to be on the receiving end of that. So right. yeah, but uh, right. I wanted to ask you like who who do you think is going to uh, unseat Gunther as, as champion? If you just could name somebody, mm-hmm. okay, would, would it probably be so, Dragonov? So I so I I see Gunther versus Rollins for for the main title at WrestleMania. Like mm. I, I I think Rollins is just like the guy this year, and like at their quote unquote season finale, for him to face off against the the biggest villain threat on Raw for the World Championship would to me make a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, Gunther might lose the title before that. I think at this point, Gable might be the front runner, just given the story and, and the long term build that they're putting on Gable. Survivor Series, sure. Yeah, I can see that in front of yeah. the daughter. Bring the kid out, man. Celebrate. Uh, Miz is in the back with Jackie Redman, and Miz is very upset that Pierce put him in the third hour. He says you shouldn't start with somebody like Sami Zayn, as he mocks Sami Zayn's promo about Kevin Owens. Miz says Nick Aldis should take over for Pierce on Raw too. At this point, Nia Jax interrupts him, takes the microphone, and says she's taken everybody's best shots, and she's still standing and looking pretty. Um, and she does the squashing on Raw. Miz at this point gets interrupted again by Jackie, who says that they're out of time. So um, certainly not building to Miz versus Nia Jax, I don't think, unless, uh, but but they have done intergender with Nia in the past. Um, yeah. But more likely maybe Miz versus Zayn coming out of this? Probably. I mean, I'm, I'm not really like invested in like much of anything Miz is doing. Like it's, I mean, Miz is kind of just like there. He's, he can be useful at times, but it's kind of eh. That's sort of his, his stock at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Adam Pierce is in the back again as Rhea is mad about the people interrupting her matches. And this is where we get our five-way match made official. In walks in this year with Jinder Mahal as they also want to talk to Adam Pierce. So they're in the mix again, seemingly. They trying this again. I don't, I don't um, think it's going to work, bro. Maybe they've done a lot of training in the background. You know, maybe a lot of retooling. Um they do need tag teams, I suppose, you know, to challenge. Yeah. Well, at this point, it's Judgment Day as the champion. So how's that going to work? Yes. Yeah. Maybe they'll take, it... take on the New Day or the Viking Raiders, you know, whoever comes out of that one. Probably. Like, I I, I just don't see, like, the – it's just kind of uh, – like, they, they, they've tried it before, and it's just – it just doesn't yeah. click. It's like they're just there. They're they're they they're just like a big obstacle, you would think, for a babyface team to maybe, you know, beat before getting – DIY. DIY or possibly Alpha Academy who are in the back. Maxine is teaching Otis Pilates and Tazawa has joined in on their workout as well this week. Gable doesn't, (laughs) Gable doesn't just want the IC title. He and Otis now want the tag team titles. So the new day hear this, they come up because they also want the tag titles and they all end up gyrating their hips with Otis as Tazawa says thank you in Japanese before doing sort of like a dumbbell dance that Woods calls nasty. Uh, also, this leads to New Day versus Alpha Academy next week. That that actually might be very good if they get time. New Day versus Alpha sure. Academy. Yeah. Definitely. 
And I wonder if Tozawa ends up being a, a more of a mainstay with Alpha Academy. I mean, he he certainly fits, um, I guess, the tone. You might as well at this point. I mean, yeah. instead of having him like roaming around the background, being scared of Rhea Ripley 24-7. We've kind of exhausted that. <laughs> Next week on Raw, it's Sammy versus Drew, Becky versus Indy. Logan Paul will also be on Raw, and then New Day versus Alpha Academy. We get the Kofi Kingston video showing uh, you know, the, the opening of the center in Ghana. And then Imperium are backstage as Gunther congratulates Kaiser for fulfilling his responsibility while looking at Vinci and saying he didn't. Vinci is confused because he helped Kaiser beat um, uh, Gargano. Gunther clarifies that he wants Gargano stretchered out of the building. And it'll be Kaiser's responsibility next week after Vinci's match with him. So Vinci versus Gargano also made for next week. Jay and Cody versus the Judgment Day. This is the main event of our edition of raw this is for the wwe undisputed tag team championships as i mentioned judgment day come out at about 10 30 the match does not start until 10 45 dominic tries to get involved early on he puts priest's foot on the ropes to break account from the crossroads this leads to the heels taking the advantage throughout the commercial break get a hot tag from jay and then they hit the Cody one d as finn kicks out I don't think anyone has kicked out of this move before, but it makes all the sense why they would sacrifice this maybe a little bit later. <laughs> Dominic distracts Jay, leads to Balor, getting the knees up for a Jay splash. Then out comes Sami Zayn to equalize as he goes after Dom. Damian Priest takes out Sami Zayn, and then Cody takes Priest out. We get a low blow from Priest on the floor, which nullifies Cody on the floor. Uh, and then we get a big power bomb to Cody through the announce table to uh, get Cody out of the match. This leads to Balor and Jay being left alone as we get Jay spearing Finn and then Jay spearing Priest. So he's taking that move now from Roman. And out comes Jimmy Uso, who gets on the apron, super kicks Jay, leading to Finn hitting the coup de gras on Jay Uso. The Judgment Day are tag team champions again. What do you think about the match? So I I I think it was a I think it was a good match. Like I was more so like so when the finish happened, I was kind of I was like, why why are they taking the titles off? Cody and Jay so early when they just won it at, at Fastlane. And a part of me was thinking, like, did, did they want to have Cody and Jay hold the title just so they can get that that one face-off with, with Roman and, 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 and Cody so they can have that just that one interaction? like the, So he'll have calls to come to SmackDown. And you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I was just hmm. thinking, like, maybe, maybe, that, maybe that was the reason that they put the titles on Cody and Jay just so they can get that one thing to remind people, hey, this is a thing. Remember, this is a thing, Cody and Roman. So it, it, once they got that, it's like, okay, now we can just go back to our regularly scheduled. I, uh, I, I think that's a very good theory. I, I think there, there there might be multiple reasons why they decided on this like two-week reign for, for yeah. these two. I mean, for one thing, it gave Fastlane maybe a bit of like news, you know, to, to come out of. Um, you could you built to what may you might classify as a bit of a dream match between the baby faces and Owens and Zayn versus these two mm. for that one week. Um, they really defended these titles like you know pretty frequently in these like several weeks. So yeah. you, you got a good run out of them, and that that exchange with Roman on SmackDown as well. So it could be all those things, and of course yeah. this rematch tonight as well. Yeah, and then of course uh, you know Jimmy Costin in the match, so that's going you know further you know the story that that's already there. I, 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 Honestly, when they first when they first did the whole you know splitting of, of these two Jimmy and Jay, I was kind of like, can can y'all actually get this to WrestleMania? But like now that I'm seeing it like kind of unfold, they probably gonna get it to WrestleMania, and I think it's because it's, it's probably still gonna be as like um hot in terms of like the the, the interest in it. So 
Man, it's been three years, dude. It's been like three or four years at this point with with this yeah. bloodline stuff. And I know, and, right? You know, like we have kind of gotten a bit tired of it. I would say in recent months, especially with Roman not being around. <laughs> but I mean, Jay's doing really well. I would say on SmackDown, his integration right now and this build towards what we would presume to be War Games, I think is already in really good shape. You know, what, what do you what do you think is going to be the the War Games scene? So I think it'll be the bloodline mixing in a mix of uh, with with the Judgment Day as well. So um, mm. I I don't even know like how many bodies you could possibly. That, that, that's not, it's usually four and four, so or five, or on, five, five. On, five, five on five, five on five, yeah, five on five, yeah, yeah. So they would I mean, be they, you, you assume, six, like so what, like but yeah, yeah you, okay, you could, five on you, five, all right. You could do it. You got Roman. You would want to have Finn in there. Finn Priest. You gotta have Dom in it, right? But I could also see Dom not being a part of it. Maybe he'll get another match. Yeah, okay? I, I, I can see Dom getting involved. Sure. Yeah. So then Finn, Priest, like Solo, Jay, Roman, Solo, right? Yeah. Baby face side. You've got um, uh, Cody, Jay. Uh, who do you think it's? Sammy. Sammy gotta be in it. He has to be. Owens. Does he make it? Gotta be. Yeah. Okay. Owens. Owens gotta be a lock. And I'm trying to think. Drew. No, I don't think no. so. I think I think Drew's long gone, past, past all that. So if Cena is Cena's available, it'll be Cena. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm about to say because Drew it was uh, Crown Jewel is November fourth, Survivor Series November twenty fifth. It's like three weeks, two weeks. So I mean, if, if they wanted, to, maybe Drew cost his damn team the match. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. Yeah, okay. Maybe that's, that's maybe, too. maybe that'd be where he actually snaps. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's a, that's a good little war games war games lineup. And then you never know, maybe Phil Brooks. Makes, makes, makes sure makes, why not comes up from underneath the ring hands muffins to everybody just couldn't completely I, takes over i i saw the uh the, the i think it was from fight for selected they uh, targeting randy orton to come back and survive a series so i'm interested to see how he factors into mm. into, into all that randy yeah. randy getting back in the mix so a lot, of, a lot of interesting pieces here but hey uh let's talk about this match as well i i, I thought it was a really strong match here you know i i, I mean i think part of the um so Jay, you know, he's been really well integrated into Raw, I would say, in terms of story. Mm. I, I still feel like he's a little bit untested as a singles wrestler, at, like in, in big match scenarios, at least from what I've seen him. So I thought putting him in this sort of tagged scenario with Cody was like a nice little way of like gradually introducing him. Yes, he's still like, this is a makeshift team. So like he still very much feels like a single star, but he gets got to wrestle in like tag team matches where he can highlight his like hot tags and and just kind of ease his way and i would say like the you know what is it the uh the fast lane press conference as well as just like the interviews that he had with cody for yeah. two weeks really like helped i would say ingrain him you know to, to the wwe raw audience i would say as a baby face yeah no i agree i agree i think it added a lot i mean i, I think people already knew jay had a lot of personality but like it just like further endeared him like you said to the audience um and i, and I mean like when, when you're looking at the, the title right not every title ring has to be like this long drawn out thing like some, some things they run their course and i mean i i think they could have definitely got more out of it but it's yeah. I, I, I i really don't need to see cody and jay holding the tag titles you know Same. for that long and that made judgment day is your most dominant faction on raw and they have like literally majority of the championships so yeah i mean you know i think a lot of people are disappointed by it you know because because they are a very like lovable team for the time yeah. that we got to see them yeah. um but they're, they're they're here to be single stars right and they're more valuable as single stars and you can eventually maybe pair, pair them up again but for now like I, I i think that this is fine i also forgot like aj was also taken out by 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 jay and uh solo so mm. he could possibly be a name as well that you feel yeah yeah uh what do you think overall of this edition of raw 
Um, it's a solid season premiere of the show, much like SmackDown. Uh, they they got a lot of good uh, storyline continuation in this thing. Like my favorite thing was the Rollins and Drew exchange. Like mm-hmm. that was my favorite. That was my highlight coming out of the show, man. And I'm, I'm like really excited for that that one on one match that they're gonna have. I'm excited to see. I'm, I'm pr- pretty sure they're gonna follow up uh, what they did at, in front of no fans <laughs> at the PC and Money in the Bank 2020. Uh, so yeah, I think that's gonna be a real 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 good match between those two. That's my highlight from the show. Uh, that was also a highlight for me, along with Drew Zetoresha with Sami Zayn, which I thought was awesome. Uh, in terms of wrestling, I thought the main event was very good, but match of the night for me was Gunther versus Bronson Reed. So mm-hmm. it's a match I would recommend that people go and check out, along with the main event as well. Uh, let's go to Manny from Pacoima for some feedback here. Again, uh, Manny was the subject of this week's edition of Postmarks, or last hey. week's edition, I should say. So go and check that out over in the Post Wrestling Cafe feed for free. Manny from Pacoima says... First things first, much love to Andrew Scoops Thompson. This month's edition of the NWA pod was amazing. Had me laughing so hard at work. <laughs> Appreciate you, man. Appreciate Where does you. Scoops come from? I mean, obviously, yes, I, like from your line of work, but when did it become a thing? I really don't know. I I, I don't know who started it. Like, I heard it the, from Ray last night. That's all. Ray says Scoops. And like, I, I've heard that before, but like, I don't know where that, where that came from. I, I have... Okay. Zero scoops, people. All I have are transcriptions. I, I'm guessing those counts as those count as something. No, you got you got scoops, dude. Like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you're scooping. You're scooping these stories from like nowhere that like, <laughs> nowhere's watched. Nobody's paying attention to, and you're making them headlines. So you're definitely scoops to me. Uh, pretty good season premiere. Gunther versus Reed delivered. Gunther, much like Ilya Dragunov, never has a bad match. I wonder mm-hmm. who his next challenger will be on the mid season finale of Raw. Tazawa stole the show with that little routine of his. I need to see John and Wade give that routine a try. I don't I don't think so. Me, maybe. John, no way. If you have time, I definitely recommend watching the main event between Aramis and Ray Horace versus Gringo Loco and Arez from Saturday's GCW Blood on the Hills. Mm. It was such a spectacle being there live. All right, might have to check that out. Might have to check that out. Thanks for the recommendation, man. Thank you, as always, Manny, for, for the recommendations. We go to Muggin, who sends a uh, Breaking Bad gif of... Uh, saying he can't keep getting away from it. Okay. Once again, Raw ended with a familiar sight of Judgment Day having all the gold. We're right back to where we started. So now what? It cut off a lot more interesting story directions by spoiling that group rotten and rant. I see title match was dope. Sammy and Drew got some deft character development. The Falls Cat Anywhere was wild, and I didn't see the Jimmy Uso run in at all. I'm getting a little sick of this stranglehold. Solid episode. Do, do you, I mean... You talking, talking about the stranglehold of Judgment Day? Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean... I, 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 I definitely do get can see why people get tired of seeing the seeing it, but at the same time, like they they have not they have always made you come to the realization that Judgment Day is the most dominant faction on the show, and they're going to ob- obtain dominance over everything else. So I, like I, I'm, I'm not really surprised that they are you know back on back on top. But I, I mean I, I do get what people are coming from because like you said, wait, like a lot of people endeared themselves to that Cody and Jay tag team, and they probably wanted a lot more, and it just ended so abruptly. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, when you have um, a, a strong heel threat, I think that just naturally creates maybe easier storytelling for your baby faces to chase. It, it is. So, could just <laughs> I, be that. I, I always feel like it's easier to book. Like, and you you can book a good heel champion, but I, I feel like it, 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 there can be times when the baby face can get a bit still maybe it just it just depends on like the challenge it's, it's so many different variables within that but like with heels it's, 
it's so much easier to move things around and, and plug people in and, and you know have different opponents come in. So, but yeah. I will I will say like I did think that they would have the Tuttles on a uh, on on uh, Cody and Jay a bit longer just for them yeah. to be able to pass through the too. SmackDown. You know what I mean? Like to to continue some of those interactions, but especially like with this build towards War Games. And again, I say this saying that it matters at all. Who, yeah, don't. who signs to what brand? Don't they show up anyway? I mean, J- Jimmy showed yeah. up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Jimmy showed up. You're right. Like, and and Dominic didn't Dominic show up last week on Friday? Yeah, like, I think so. so. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You you, you know, it's so funny about that. Like how, how me and you just had that whole conversation about like maybe they just put the titles on them so they go to SmackDown. Like you just show up. Hey, and uh, uh, before I, I go on, uh, how could I forget a, a, a super chat here from Max P one two three ABC who says idea for name of Cody and Jay's tag finish, Yeet Street. Um, uh, Yeet Street. Yeah, I don't know. That's a L, brother. Number one, you know, unfortunately, I don't know if it'll be much of use uh, after today. Yeah. But number two, I don't know if it's much better than a uh, Cody one D or like what is it? The uh, the, the affir- affirmations, the crossroads, or whatever John John was saying that they were calling it on on Friday. Um, anyway, RIP the RIP the Cody One B. Uh, also, uh, this is a, a, a not a super chat, but just a, a mega chat here from the Godfather Nate Merton, who says, <laughs> "Good show, brothers." And yes, the nephews got more scoops than Raisin Brand and the National <laughs> Enquirer combined. Ain't that the truth? Hey, shout, hey, shout, shout out to my man Nate Milton. Like, like, hey, so last night that show, I feel like that was one of my. Uh, favorite nwa podcast that we've ever done and like nate, nate nate really set the tone when he read he read a comment nate actually kept his individual's uh confidentiality a secret but he said there was somebody that uh sent him like a, um i guess like a dm or, or feedback that he got on the on the on the podcast section comments where they were like they felt like we were uh didn't have the same energy on last show and i feel like this show like it was like the the energy did not stop all the way through. It, it was just interesting hearing uh hearing somebody say that. But I think Nate they reading that like really set the tone for the for the show and it carried his way all the way through. So in case that individual felt that he didn't have the energy, like you got a lot of energy on the it, last it, episode. It is not just one of my favorite post wrestling podcasts. It is not just one of my favorite wrestling podcasts. It's one of my favorite podcasts, period. So go Appreciate check that. out the NWA podcast out right now in the post wrestling feed. And uh, yes, I, I just want to add in real quick on then shout out my guy Nate one more time. Yesterday, uh, I was like real tied up like uh, news and stuff. So Nate actually took the time to like uh, plot the news out, and like he took like the reins on that this week, and he like sort of gave me like so I could just come on and just get my opinion. So I definitely wanted to shout out Nate for that. Like he took a load off for me. So yeah, shout big shout out to uh, Uncle Nate Milton, the man. Shout out to the Podfather, Nate Milton. Andrew Thompson, where can people find your work and find more of you in general? Yeah, they can find me on Twitter and Instagram, eighty Thompson underscore underscore interviews, Andrew Thompson interviews YouTube channel, and you find the written work over at the Post Wrestling site. Anything you're working on that that you want to let the people know about? Uh, just articles. <laughs> Nonstop. Okay. If you want to find out everything that this man does, uh, go to postwrestling.com. Anytime you see Andrew Thompson, click on Andrew Thompson. You can see the gluttony of uh information this band puts out on a daily basis it is uh completely overwhelming and we are so grateful to have him and it, this was a real pleasure andrew i thought you were fantastic on the show loved your analysis of uh every single event here we got to discuss man it's, it's great great to do the show man always uh enjoy coming on here and chatting with anybody from the the, the great post wrestling network man so yeah well, well hopefully we get to do this again Definitely, definitely. Tomorrow, we have the return of Up Next as Poison Rana breaks down the 
post-Tuesday, Super Tuesday edition of WWE NXT. And uh, they will be up here on YouTube live at 10.05 or 10.15 p.m. Eastern, youtube.com slash postwrestling. And then Wednesday, I return with John Pollock to talk about the post-Title Tuesday edition of (laughs) AEW Dynamite. Hey, 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 wait, how, how loaded do you, you just mentioned like the head to head, how loaded do you think that uh, what would WWE do, the tricks they're going to pull out for the uh, SmackDown and collision head to head on November 17th? I don't think they're going to, that's not, that's not really a fair fight, is it? Like, that's really not a fair fight because one's network, one's, one's cable. And, and, yeah. and, um, I, I, I do, th- okay, you're going to get Roman. All right. Cena, if Cena's around, you'll get Cena. I don't know if they have to do much more than that to like yeah. guarantee. Uh, it's, it's, it's SmackDown like, averages like two million on a basis, right? Regular basis, so it's, yeah. Now it would really tell you something if like they they really loaded they, it, they, <laughs> like the Undertaker. Uh, I'm trying to think. Like I don't know, Bret Hart, you know, <laughs> and Shawn Michaels have like another like powwow. Uh, I don't know, like, name it, man. DX reunion, you yeah. know uh whatever like it would I, tell you something if they went that far like i, f- it, I feel like i feel like they will just the just the just the poke to to really embarrass collision i'm more interested to see like what tony Khan pulls up yeah. that, that collision you know yeah what I can he do I, I don't really like honestly bro like even when they were doing the the, the nxt head day i, I just because like at aw they switching nights and i'm just like nxt that's their regular slot they air on that thing every and then and they like just the the Cody's, the the Cena's, the Undertaker's, the Oscars, like is in in AEW they have their fair share of, of top notch stars as well. Yeah. But it was just like, well, even with the so, the Collision and SmackDown, it's like I, I just don't think that's a fair. So Andrew, more, maybe more important than the actual head to head is the aftermath and how Tony Khan reacts on social media. <laughs> that to me, I think, will be the true test of who wins or loses that night. Okay, how deep can a can WWE get into Tony Khan's? uh twitter you know for him to tweet something really embarrassing uh, uh for for his entire company i, I i'd be very more, more so curious to see like how he operates his social media from that point i i, I think it's best on like cause the aw dynamite that was a good show that they put on at the head to head nxt mm-hmm. i feel like it would be best man of tony like they'll just run your race like I, we we talked about this on the nba podcast last night like you like the wwe that's a juggernaut man like y'all but at the same time like the same things that uh that Tony Khan did in 2019 may not apply here in 2023, but like the whole, you know, we're the underdogs thing. Like y'all kind of on a level playing mm-hmm. field to a, to a certain degree. So like th- that whole mentality of like, they're holding us down, e- even though WWE have done things, sk- sketchy things that have been reported in like contract tampering and all that stuff. But like, I-, I just think it's time for Tony, man, to just focus on your product. Like don't be so, okay, we're against WWE. Just run your own race, man. Cause you, he puts on a good show. But like it's just like when you get caught up in all the extra stuff, it just kind of makes him look bad. Like it, it was entertaining for the first, but like it, it was hilarious. Like when he first did it, but like when it's like three days past and you still complaining yeah. about it, it's like, all right, dude, <laughs> mm-hmm. like let it go, bro. We got one late super chat here from Andy who says, "Is Nakamura adopting the GTS, or can we hope?" I mean, this is the second time he's done it on TV, so we we would think so. And again, hey, um, it looks great wait, when he does it. Wait, where where is your punk? survivor series meter at right now on a scale from zero to 100 where you where you at right now dude i i mean it's impossible (laughs) for me to say man like so much of it i think hinges on like what we hear out of these reports and something like it that seems to switch week to week right so wait wait, did did you see his cffc commentator uh uh he was like he might be going to another promotion you know (laughs) yeah yeah right now i'm like i'm i'm at 
30% okay. sure that he's going to be there. That's where I'm at. And I'm, I'm probably going to stay there. We got six more weeks of this way. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like WWE, if they are entertaining the idea, they're going to play a bit more hard to get, you know, because at this point, mm. they don't need Phil Brooks. Do- yeah. Even for they WrestleMania, don't. they don't need him. Um, so they can really take their time. They have their stories entirely plotted, you know, from now until later. Um, do they want to risk like having CM Punk coming in and maybe, you know, distracting the crowd, maybe having the crowd clamoring for him to get the, t- you know, title opportunity mm. at WrestleMania versus somebody else? I mean, w- there's going to be great benefit, I think, for for WWE to have him on, you know, just from a star power standpoint. But mm, Is it there's worth also it? disruption. Yeah. Like yeah. In, in more ways than one that might not make it worthwhile beyond just the allure of having him show up in Chicago. You know, if if it, if it is, I, I can. I, I think that him versus Rollins, that's the, that's the match. Yeah, I think that's the match. Yeah, but then the, whose spot are you taking away by, by you, having you, Punk versus Rollins? He's definitely taking somebody's spot, and I think what you say, Gunther's spot, could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, have your say, everybody. Leave a comment <laughs> either in the YouTube channel or form.postwrestling.com. And follow at ad thompson underscore underscore one of the hardest working men in in all of uh, professional wrestling journalism. So, thank you everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you Andrew, and thank you uh, Neil on the website. So, shout out to all of you guys. Talk to you guys later. Bye bye. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Hundred and Fifty. Then. Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.